Hello and welcome to Unsourced Wall. My name is Elvis and as always, I am your host. Okay, so this is going to be kind of a long one. We have a bunch of things to talk about. We have actual news topics to go into, mainly trailers, but there is a whole bunch of them. So, well, let's try to make this as quick as possible. The first thing we need to get to, though, is, well, a movie news topic, which is that Scott Derrickson has stepped down from directing Doctor Strange into the multiverse of madness. And apparently it's been over creative differences. Apparently people are saying it's because Scott Derrickson wanted to make it into a horror movie and Disney was totally not going along with that. They wanted to turn it down to another safe cookie cutter MCU movie, which I am kind of incredulous about, mainly because Doctor Strange itself was maybe the most formulaic and most cookie cutter and most generic MC movie there has ever been. I can't think of a more generic MC movie other than Doctor Strange. It was so by the numbers. It was the equivalent of watching a blank piece of cardboard. That's how bland and uneventful and uninteresting it was. And the fact of the matter is that if Scott Derrickson could do that, if you could play the game and play ball that much with Doctor Strange, then how couldn't he play it with Doctor Strange too? Because I couldn't believe that someone who makes Doctor Strange wouldn't be able to like compromise. I don't think he has that much artistic integrity to be like, no, I'm making the stand about making Doctor Strange to a horror movie. And even then, I don't think he could pull it off. So I think it was a failed endeavor either way. Apparently, Disney has said that they're looking for a doctor right now and that they will find one before the shooting date in five months. So yeah, Doctor Strange 2 is still probably going to be really, really bad. And I am not anticipating it at all. So fingers crossed. And well, Hopefully it is something that is filmed and you can watch with your eyes and hear with your ears. Moving along, we have one more MCU news and that is that apparently Christian Bale is being courted for a role in Thor Love and Thunder. And everyone's excited about it. I think it's going to be pretty much a big waste of his talent. I don't think there's anyone he could play that would be interesting or at least entertaining. I did like Thor Ragnarok, but only in comparison to the other Thor movies. Nothing else. I don't think it works as an actual movie. I don't think it is really to entertaining a movie but in comparison to the other Thor movies it was a breath of fresh air I don't have that much high hopes for Love and Thunder maybe it'll be completely expressive in a way that MC movies aren't but I'm not holding my breath for that and last bit of casting news is that apparently Colin Farrell has been confirmed to be the Penguin in Matt Reese's upcoming Batman movie. I'm excited uh, just for Colin Farrell. I think he'll do a great job. We've had so many different versions of the Penguin in all sorts of media from shows to video games to comics that I just can't wait to see what he brings to the table. I'm really anticipating that now so fingers crossed. And so well Let's get to the big main event here, which is the insane amount of trailers, one of which was also accompanied with an unexpected surprise. Thankfully, that surprise goes hand in hand, so that'll lessen a bit of the load for now. Let's dive right in. The first trailer and the surprise have to do with Lock and Key, as not only did we get the first trailer to the upcoming Netflix series, but also a leak of the original Fox pilot from 2011. I'll be actually reviewing the pilot later on in the show, but suffice it to say, it's pretty neat stuff. The trailer to the show, however, not as much. I'm just going to get it out there. This came at the wrong time. Like it may be the worst time possible. Lock and Key has been wanting to happen as a show for almost a decade now. And I think it's just missed its chance. Even back when they brought the series to Hulu to make a pilot, that was too late. The Netflix trailer kind of cements that this series probably has nothing real to offer outside of the basic gimmick, which could still be pretty engaging and interesting. Just that we don't see any of that in the trailer. What we see instead are visuals and a tone and an energy that remind me of everything else that's come out since 2011. Primarily, 
finally Stranger Things and It Chapters 1 and 2, which makes sense because Lock and Key, Stranger Things, and It Chapters 1 and 2 are all heavily inspired, ripping off, or based on It itself. It just kind of sucks for Lock and Key that it's coming out last after all these other things have already done the things that it's also riffing off of. Because nothing in the trailer looks original or unique or even, you know, tonally interesting. Like it has a pseudo whimsical kid gang tone that Stranger Things continues to desperately cling on to. And everything else is, of course, you know, it's. It's just nothing special. I'm still excited just to see if the show can capture the investment that you should be able to have these characters because there's so much great characters in this comic and I hope the show is able to recreate that. But it's already seeming like a very bare bones sort of homage on other properties that people might care more about. It looks well produced and that's what matters the most with this premise. There are things in the pilot that I'll get to where it's something that you need a hearty budget for and if the show can actually depict these powers and these keys and the environment in a really great light that might be worth the price of admission. But overall it's looking kind of boring. It it might not get the kind of attention it might deserve if it's good. So fingers crossed. Our second trailer is the new full Birds of Prey trailer. And well, it looks really bad. Like it looks like the 30% of the jokes in the first Deadpool movie that fell flat on their face, except stretched out to an entire movie. The story looks unengaging, the dialogue is blunt and uninteresting, and the characters seem more like shallow fodder for the farce than anything really well developed. Which is interesting to me because you think for a lower budget film like this, the characters and dynamics and the actual personality of the movie would be the priority. But it seems like it really wants to sell the spectacle and the overbearing cloying and forced humor and zaniness of it all, all bundled up in the form of Harley Quinn. And it's just not working. I want to see all these characters as a group, but it seems like Harley Quinn herself is just smothering everything in the same kind of layer of just annoying saccharine like comedy. And it's dissatisfying. It's just not working. Again, I'll concede that I could be wrong. Like the very first Deadpool movie had insanely bad trailers too. And I didn't end up caring for that movie at all anyway. But I wouldn't say it was bad. At the very least, I hope it lands more in that area. Where all the trailers are just attention grabber, really bad gags. They're meant to like stick in the mind. And the movie is a lot more endearing and character focused. Even if I don't like it, I'll have to still give it props for that. If it turns out that way, just like Deadpool was. Fingers crossed, but... The trailer doesn't inspire much confidence. And also, it's nice to see Black Mask wearing a mask, but I bet Shadow's Donut style will just be like a minute. And I'm kind of disappointed it's not the bondage mask from like the New 52, because that would have fit in this movie like a glove. With the tone this movie is going for, I'm disappointed it didn't do the bondage mask. I really am. And our last trailer comes with a bit of history, and that trailer is the second full trailer to Joss Boone's The New Mutants. And I say a little history because there's a lot of misinformation and misunderstanding going around. So let me just preface this with Disney didn't do any reshoots. There were no reshoots after the first trailer dropped. There were planned ones in order to merge the two cuts they had already into a singular shape that made some compromises, but they never got around to it. All that Disney did was allow the movie to be re-edited a bit, and to what extent and how, we'll never know because they just aren't telling us. There's conflicting claims, but I've seen enough Disney came in and saved this movie. Hot takes to last me a lifetime. Like, there are people who are purposefully smothering Fox's 100% contributions to this movie in order to provide this narrative that Disney reshot the entire thing to make it a lot more exciting and engaging and character-focused and amazing. And, like, that's not the case. If you like the trailer, it's because you like what the director, the writers, and the actors, and what Fox did. Nothing new of Disney. So I just want to squash that immediately. Anyway, moving on, it still looks pretty good. It's still got that empty, low-budget feel to it, which makes me cautious of how we're able to keep up the engagement and momentum that people expect from either a superhero movie or horror movie. Because, let's face it, even something like The Dream Warriors felt like it had a larger scope, and this feels just a little sparse. 
What works in this new trailer's favor is that we do see a lot more of the characters, more of the implied dynamics, and more of their individual set pieces that seem to be growing from their separate arcs. All of which come across as being well executed and thought out in terms of how to fit them into the overall energy of the movie. Like Boone and crew put the effort in to make these feel like separate characters that feel a little bit more deafy. Who knows how much time will actually be spent on making these characters feel fleshed out, but they are doing what they can to at least give them a lot more of an immediate impression, and I'd like that. The only real concern for me is that the final shots of the trailer seem to be a climactic battle against Demon Bear, which looks awesome. You see so much things that I didn't expect this movie to be able to pull out, given its minimal budget. But it's maybe a bit too standard looking. I don't mind it, but I hope the movie can transition from the horror to that smoothly and not just drop one unique flavor it's going for. Overall, I'm pretty excited. It sucks that Boone's planned trilogy won't make it, but I hope that this is something that's well contained and, you know, might work as a The Beatrice Continues style end to the X-Men Fox franchise. I think it deserves a little bow out. There's one other trailer that came out this week, which was the trailer to like the third season of The Chilling Adventure of Sabrina, but... I'm just giving up on that show. It's so bad. The second season ended it. The second season actually ended the entire myth arc and narrative. And so make another season with the insanely bad plot hooks that they have left. It doesn't inspire any confidence in me. So, you know, I'm not even going to touch that. Hope for the best for it. But I am so uninterested. Anyway, we can move on to what I read this week. First off, we have the Immortal Hulk number 29 and Joe Bennett. God bless his soul, is doing all the heavy lifting in this one because it is sparse as hell and I felt almost nothing. Only the overt thrill of seeing Bennett bring the various monsters to life held my engagement. Other than that, it was like a load of filler. Roxanne doesn't do anything, Bruce and the Hulk just mull around and that's about it. That's about it until the monsters show up and start like actually providing some excitement and well, not even that. Like there's slower issues in this run. I know, but even though slower issues did a lot more character work than this did, this one felt a lot more like circling around, you know, just pacing back and forth. Felt like literal filler, something that's just there to pad out the runtime or like the page count here. And that's just a shame. I don't think, I really don't see the purpose for this issue. This could have been like a three page pamphlet and it would have worked just as much. There's just nothing really worthwhile here character wise maybe the only thing that comes close is the dialogue that betty has between her and doc samson about the various aspects of bruce which is actually pretty intriguing and adds a little more of a layer development than we've been seeing and you know betty herself and the whole red harpy thing and the whole sort of security mechanism that she has like in her personality is also just great shorthand and i love it every time we see it but that's just it <laughs> there's nothing else it's just a weak issue i hope that it gets more underway next time again i don't really mind it going for loftier quieter or more introspective issues but that's just not what this was in fact i kind of prefer the more introspective issues now that we're getting late in the game to the overt kind of smash and grab or like Hulk smash stuff because I feel like that's also not that engaging anymore. You have to start putting a pedal to the metal and start making this something that is a lot more deafy than I feel like it's been going so far. And you know what? I feel like this is probably one of the first issues that I outright didn't like for just actually just being the issue it is and not for any kind of personal reason. Overall, one thumb middle, one thumb down. Next up, we have Hawkman number 20. This was a fun issue. It's still putting in the work into making Sky Tyrant and Carter a really entertaining pair to read and to follow along with. They still bounce off each other so well and it's a shame that they're sharing the same body because just having the two of them physically interact and coexist and try to handle with each other would be wonderful. It's a very natural and enjoyable dynamic and I'm surprised it's turned out this way given how reluctant and reticent I was about this arc to begin with. My only complaint would have to be that the Batman who laughs interrupts the story halfway through to give this half-assed explanation for why everything happened. We get that Carter is infected. We get 
get that he's been infected for the last three issues. I feel like a thorough answer for why and how wasn't needed. In fact, it just feels intrusive and pretty dumb, to be honest. It adds nothing. It makes the whole series of events feel even more contrived when they just felt a lot more natural given the status quo of the DCU right now. Like you just expect it. You can just go along with it. You don't need to like stop the narrative to be like, oh, you missed this one tiny little detail that we're adding in here. Like you didn't need that. We really didn't. Thankfully though, it's over and done with quickly enough. Hawkwoman and the Atom are still in this on the sidelines, but they give me hope that they'll have more time to shine soon. I think they also have a good back and forth. They're Dynamics of Carter are really driving the force here and it's great to see. It's great to see them both back again. I love Ray, I love Shayera, and I'm so glad that they have a little bit more of an integral part right now and I hope that carries forward because we need to be rounding out Hawkman's cast of characters and I hope they stay around for quite a while to actually interact with Carter when he gets back to normal and that this isn't just a stopgap, you know, because that would be I think a little bit of a shame. It really would be. Adam especially because he's a gem and he's doing some crazy things and it is just so entertaining. I laughed my ass off, honestly. And speaking of Adam, we also learned that one version of Carter was this giant titan, which makes his friendship with Ray that much more funny. And I hope that they learn this and that they actually have a back and forth about this because I would love to see that. Overall, want them up, want them middle. And lastly, we have what I watched this week. We actually have one thing, like I mentioned at the very start, Lock and Key, the 2011 Fox Network pilot. And this was a pretty decent pilot. It's well streamlined, it's very faithful where it counted, and hit a good mood for the story and what it wanted to be. Even in places where the comics struggled to balance tone and atmosphere. That said, I can definitely see why this wasn't picked up. It's just a little too faithful and serialized. It doesn't feel like the first episode of a show, but like the first episode of a miniseries. It pretty much crunches the first arc into a single episode, and it does it really well. But that means it's packing in so much context, so much content, so much character work and so much flavor that it feels like a lot. Like it's hard to imagine it's working on a broader weekly basis, especially since the comic itself is only like six or so arcs. The show would need to slow down considerably and I feel like that would have been detrimental. All that aside, it also can't escape the inherent silliness because of this because Hill throws so much at the reader and the show throws so much at the viewer because it's jamming everything it can in that it just is overbearing sometimes and it can be just overwhelmingly goofy like if you like the comic you like the story you like the characters you go along with it but it's maybe too much for like a first episode and it works more because of what we have our notions of comics being and well even with all the stuff it cuts out because of all this the show feels all over the place whereas the comic can be expected to be richer and have more room to breathe over issues in like a story arc I know I'm coming off as a bit wishy-washy, but seriously, I really enjoyed the pilot and I think it did justice where it could, but it wouldn't have worked as a network show. That and the effects are just pretty bad. We only get to see the ghost key in action and the ghost effect is more like from the 80s Twilight Zone or 90s Hour Limits than anything from 2011. Only other thing I want to note is that the pilot was made like two to three years before the comic ended and it cuts out stuff that was set up from the very beginning that was really important to the comics endgame. So that's fun. I would have liked to have seen where they would have gone with that after things became a lot more apparent. Like would they have tried to retcon things back in? Were there things that we just weren't seeing because they had plans for them down the road? There's even one thing that isn't even in the comic that they kind of bring up and I'm just left scratching my head like what was that even meant to be? And I feel like that's part of the case of this trying to be a 
network show where you have to set up smaller original mysteries so that you can pad out the larger mysteries of the story arcs over several seasons and again that's why i don't think it would have worked as a network show like this it's maybe not a perfect adaptation some of the character executions and effects are subpar but it's a really good attempt i think streaming is going to be better at least in terms of structure because they can just move forward with the plot in chunks rather than weekly over months over seasons over years and i hope that netflix can do better even if the trailer was lagging overall this pilot was really great if you like the comic even if there are things that are really different and just maybe aren't as faithful as they could be but they're faithful in spirit and that's what counts two thumbs up i had a really good time with this i would have still seen it if it had ever come to a full series i still stand by that it would not have worked out in the long run anyway let's move on to listener questions we have one this week is from akikat on twitter and their question is what are my most anticipated movies and comics of 2020 let's start with comics first Obviously, there are a lot of things that are coming to an end, and I am really excited for that kind of stuff. As for like new stuff that's premiering this year, I can't think of quite too much right now. There have been a lot of solicits, but I don't think it's going to be a, a lot. But things I'm excited about coming to an end would be like the Martian Manhunter finale or Stray Bullets, Sunshine and Roses, if that ever comes out, the final issue, which is meant to be, fingers crossed, or Dead Rabbit maybe even getting its second season sometime soon, or The Wrong Earth actually getting its second season this year, Captain Ginger getting its second season this year, and of course, Metal Men continuing. Hopefully, we get a solid finale to Inferior 5, and most importantly to me at least, the absolute addition of the Four World saga. I know that apparently Tom King is writing the introduction to it, which I think is a huge mistake on Bendis writing the forward to Inkle levels. He just doesn't understand that series. I don't think he understands the characters. I don't actually think he's actually even read it. I think that he's a fraud and a hack and a phony. Either way, if the presentation is really great, I'll buy it anyway. I love the saga and I can't wait for that collection to come out this summer. As for movies, let's start with like comic stuff. Obviously, I'm excited for Warner Bros. 1984. I think the trailer looked great. I've read the plot leaks and I think that the way the trailer is executed, it makes the plot leaks, which I thought were really, really bad to begin with, actually a lot more plausible and feasible. And I think they struck the right tone for it. I'm also really excited for Venom 2. I love the first Venom. I know that the director hasn't carried over to the second movie, which I think was really important to why the first movie worked. I think Ruben Fleischer was honestly the glue that held it together. But apparently Tom Hardy is co-writing the script. And well, they have a lot more characters coming back, which I am so excited for. Michelle Williams. I really loved her in the first one, so I'm glad she's back. I'm glad that Dr. Dan is back as well. He was such a great side character, and I just hope that, you know, it honestly turns out better than expected. But fingers crossed to Andy Serkis. And lastly, of course, the New Mutants. I mentioned at the very beginning, I'm excited. I think the trailers look great. I think the enthusiasm is there. I think that the characters and the actors and the writers are all sort of working in tandem, and I can't wait to see it. I hope that does the Fox Universe justice. So that's pretty much comic movies. Of course, there's also the Kingsman prequel, which I guess is also related to comic movies. Although this one is definitely like the most diverged because the first two movies did a lot more separate aspects of the comic that we didn't see. And this one is like a completely new story, but it looks really fun. I think these movies have been like getting incrementally better. Like I didn't like Kingsman, The Secret Service. I really love The Golden Circle. I think it captured the tone the comic was trying to go for even better. And The Kingsman looks like a lot of fun. So fingers crossed. And I, you know, hope for the best here. I'm going to watch it the first chance I get. And then of course we have Candyman, the remake, reboot, soft reboot from Jordan Peele. He's co-writing the script. 
It's being directed by Nia DaCosta. We have no information about it, but it's Candyman. And it has like three bad sequels, but maybe this won't be good. It's on my radar. We also have Halloween Kills. I love the previous Halloween. It kind of sucks that Danny McBride has taken a back seat in this one. I think it's still based on his like original treatment and stuff like that. That was co-written by David Gordon Green, but hopefully his flavor will still be there. I think that was one of the key aspects that I really love about the previous movie. So fingers crossed for that. And lastly, we have Artemis Fowl. I love the books. The trailer looked interesting, if really unfaithful, but you know, I think it's captured like the kind of whimsical nature, fantastical nature of the books, even though it's been pushed back for like reissues or something in like half a year. I'm still excited. I hope we see more of it. I don't want to think it's gonna be bad, but I, I'm definitely still in my ether, you know, it's still on my radar. And lastly, we have Dune. It's probably just going to be the first of a two-part adaptation. Denis Villeneuve is a great director. I don't really agree with a lot of his choices in terms of his movies a lot of times, but he is a really solid visionary, really planning out like the aesthetic and the tone and everything like that. I think he's a perfect fit for Dune. The cast is amazing. The only cast member I don't like is Jason Momoa. I think he's like the wrong choice for the character he's been cast as but apparently it's only gonna be focusing on the first book either of these two and i hope it does well enough to actually make that second one and that we just don't get left in the lurch again it looks amazing or at least it sounds amazing and i can't wait to see more of it anyway thank you for that question aggie cat it was amazing and i love just being excited about things i know there are a lot of times where i'll talk about something and just be really down on it but no no i'm really excited about this kind of stuff so it's really great to be able to like give an outpouring sort of enthusiasm for it so thank you so much for that question anyway that's it for listener questions thank you so much i always enjoy them i think they're just so great and it's just so fun to actually start interacting like that again and i want to give a huge thanks to anyone out there who's ever sent in a question comment or topic it means so much to me I love them every time, so thank you so much. And if anyone out there has their own question, comment, or topic, you can always find me on Twitter at T-H-E underscore S-N-I-C-K-M-A-N. I will give a shout out to the cover artist for the show at D-O-T-E-M-C-E-E. Please check them out. They're amazing. Give them a follow. They totally deserve it. And I just want to say thank you so much for listening. Have a great week. Hope you're having a great January and a start of a new year. And I'll see you again next time.